can the Eagles make it six in a row? They got the Hokies on on their field this weekend. We'll talk all about it and see if the Eagles can do what we didn't think they were able to do just about a month ago. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. Eagles fans, I am the editor of Eagle Insider. And with me, I have today staff writer Mitchell Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? Going well. Excited to talk about this game. Um, this is one that I had pegged as a win for BC going into the season. Uh, but Virginia Tech has played a good bit better than I expected. And but with that being said, they, I think they're still a gettable team. So we'll get into all that. All right, let's kick this off. Saturday, noon start. Hopefully you guys are all going. I heard Halfley say that he wants students there nice and early. It's a um and then the gold out. Gold out. Yep. I, I love that the the fans uh, the students are like kicking this up a notch and like color coordinating like other schools do and like doing what the school won't do because like <laughs> I like I, it's great to see some coordination on that because other schools do that and we you go to, you watch the stands of the BC game and it just looks like people that are just out, you know, like strolling out of their dorms with like sweatshirts and t-shirts and nothing's coordinated at all. So it's a cool little thing there. Uh, so thank you for those guys that are doing that, but this is a big game. It's at home. I'm going to say a statistic that people are going to scream at me for, because they're going to say I'm a jinx. Brent Pry, the head coach of Virginia tech has not won a road ACC game yet. And somehow I'm, I'm going to be the jinx, right? Um, <laughs> But looking at this game, Mitch, what does BC wins this game if what happens? They pretty much <clears throat> they win if they don't allow Virginia Tech to hit on their explosive plays. And that, that applies on both sides of the ball. So for Virginia Tech's defense, they have a very good defensive line. They are tied for ninth in most tackles for loss at 7.6 and tied for fifth at most sacks at 3.544. Um, they get a lot of backfield production. <clears throat> However, I think part of that is due to the fact that they have faced, especially in the ACC, some lackluster offensive lines in Pitt, Syracuse, Wake Forest, <clears throat> and BC's, you know, obviously their best position could be their offensive line. So that'll be an interesting matchup to watch. But it, so if BC can limit those defensive explosive plays. Uh, Virginia Tech is not particularly aggressive in terms of creating turnovers. So, you know, obviously don't let those happen. But And if they can kind of play their game, I think that's part of it. On the other side of the ball, Virginia Tech's offense is kind of, it's it's funny because it, it's very similar. The story of it for this season, at least, has followed a similar path to that of BC. They have a quarterback from last year that started a good bit of the season, uh, and he began the year as a starter, but then they went to a younger, more mobile transfer quarterback that opened up the offense a good bit. So for BC, that was Thomas Castellanos. For Virginia Tech, it's Kyron Drones, who transferred over from Baylor, and he is a running quarterback, but he's very different from Thomas Castellanos. He is 6'2", 234-ish. And, you know, last week we talked about the ACC network commentators comparing uh, Thomas Castellanos to Kyler Murray because he's small and he wears number one and he runs around a lot. I'm going to make a similarly <laughs> crazy comparison. And again, I'm doing it just because and I think it's just the style in which they play and the kind of how they look. When I'm watching Kyron Drodes, it kind of reminds me of Cam Newton. 
in that he's this big dude who's pretty explosive athletic for his size. But when he, and when he gets into the open field, he's just got these big long strides that allow him to eat up a lot of ground. And he's, you know, pretty big and powerful too. The thing with drones though, is that the offense is tailored such that he doesn't really have to do much. You know, it's a ton of RPOs, tons of screens, just get the ball out of his hands very quickly. And even, and, and then if he has to, and then occasionally like hit a deep bomb throw. And if they don't hit those deep bomb throws, the offense kind of struggles to get going. They are 116th in third down conversion rate at 32.3%. So, you know, if, if they're on, if any, if any given drive, if they can hit like one or two big chunk plays, then they can usually convert that into a scoring opportunity or, or points. But if they don't, then they're pretty much just going to go three and out. And we've seen how that kind of can um, snowball for them against teams like FSU and Louisville, who are obviously the two best teams in the ACC. And they've had more success against the lesser teams, but you know, BC is also kind of in that middle ground. So when you're looking at drones, it what kind like in terms of like quarterbacks BC's played, you know, where would he fall in terms of like talent wise? Is he like one of the more talented ones that they played, or is he just kind of middle of the road? I think he's probably he's probably not as good of a runner as Matthew Sluka. I'd probably say he's the second. He's probably like in terms of running ability, he's probably between uh, Sluka and maybe like Jordan Travis, um, even though Jordan Travis didn't run very much, but he has that ability um, in terms of a passer. Uh, man, he's probably the best passer BC's played since Haynes King. I think Haynes King is better. Um, I would probably say he's kind of like probably in that Rocky Lombardi zone. Okay. Where you know he can, you know he can keep the offense on schedule with those quick throws, but and when I'm watching, when I've watched the games he's struggled in, the one thing I've noticed that is, if teams can blitz and hold up in man coverage on the back end, or occasionally throw in a zone defense to confuse him, if he if you're blitzing and he holds onto that ball for an extra second, you can usually get affect him either with a hit or a sack. So for BC, I think you're going to see them blitz a good bit in this game and. You know, Virginia Tech, their offensive weapons, um, which was the passing game, it's really one guy, Jalen Lane, who is a transfer from Middle Tennessee State. He's their slot guy. They move him around a lot. He's very quick, very explosive. But the other guys are just not very reliable. Uh, Daquan Felton and Stephen Gosnell is fine, but he's he's like the, uh, the like the fourth or fifth option. He's he's okay, but you know nothing nothing crazy. So, you know, I think if BC plays this the right way, they should be able to stymie this Virginia Tech offense because. I think you can, if you, especially if you can affect drones early and, you know, maybe if BC can get a quick score or two, then you're forcing them to just throw instead of they can still like lean on the run game, lean on their kind of misdirection based offense. You know, it's, it's not, it's not like there's a good amount of, there's some trick plays, but there's a lot of motion, um, a lot of eye candy, you know, RPOs and stuff that are just meant to slow down the defense because they're having to read so much and have all these different keys and assignments they need to be aware of. So, you know, if BC can remain disciplined execute their game plan and get drones off of his uh, game early that I think they've got a good chance to win this one. Okay. In a moment, we're going to give our predictions and I want to hear from Mitch, what he's expecting from Thomas Castellanos in this game. We'll get into all of that in just a moment. Now your ride or die is the most, one of the most important things in your life and at eBay motors, they've got you covered passion, drive and patience. That what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. 
eBay Motors has everything you need to, to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guarantee Fit, only available to U.S. customers. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. If you're listening to this live right now, or if it's before 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, we have a special deal up on Eagle Insider for the work that I do, the work Mitch does for VIP users. It's 50% off a year subscription. You're going to get hockey coverage, Mitch's film analysis, uh, my recruiting news. You're going to get a whole bunch of really good content for the less than a price of of a cup of coffee a month. If you really like our work, this is a perfect way to support us. Go to Eagle Insider. The links are in the show notes. Sign up today. Become a VIP member and introduce yourself on our community. We'd love to see you over there. All right, Mitch. Before we get into our predictions, let's talk quickly about Thomas Castellanos. What do you think he needs to do in this game to help BC win? So one thing we've been talking about a lot is his effectiveness in in the pocket versus out of the pocket. Um, And honestly, I think... I think they could do more to get him outside, to design him to get outside the pocket, use his mobility to his advantage. So, cause I think when he's in the pocket and has to make quick throws, I think he gets a little antsy. He's, he's obviously a shorter quarterback. So he has to, you know, st- as Bryce Young did earlier in the season, like stand on his tiptoes so he can see the throw. And you're seeing some inaccuracy, especially in the early part of the game with that part of the offense. So I think and this is something they did a lot better early in the season is they would, and they do, they do a good job of giving him screens and quick throws like that early in the game so we can get comfortable. But then in Syracuse game, you saw once they started to, you know, do a little more downfield, he would start missing throws. So I think keeping the screens and RPOs early on is good. Get him, get his confidence going. And then when you want to start building the passing game deeper, do you some more like play action and bootleg so you can get him outside the pocket and he can hit receivers on the run. He does, he does that very well. Uh, we've seen him hit Joe Griffin on some of the crossers, Lewis Bond, and all those guys are very good. Dino Tomlin as well are very good yak receivers. You know, very Griffin does a great job of eating up ground quickly with his long strides. Bond is great at breaking tackles, and Dino Tomlin just somehow figures out how to get a first down anytime he touches the ball. So <clears throat> I think that's the one way you get him going in the passing game. In this game, you got to tell him, hey, listen, and I th- I'm sure they've been harping on this, but it's the message is seemingly not getting through. It's like, listen, we don't need you to make these crazy throws all the time. You know, early on in the game, we do not need to be putting the ball at risk. So just play within the offense, make smart decisions, take care of the football. And, you know, if we get down, then we'll then we'll, we'll let you off the chain. But we don't need to be doing that early in the early part of games because that'll put us in bad situations. Whereas if you just play within the structure, it can keep us in good situations where if BC can, again, score once or twice pretty quickly, and then that gives the defense the advantage, they can put Virginia Tech offense behind the eight ball and force them uh, out of their normal script of games. Um. I also, I would love it. I'm sure you saw the statistics. I'm, I, he probably had a zero passing rating over pa- passes over like 25 yards, right? Because it seemed like he kept going for bombs against Syracuse and they never, I don't think he hit any of them, right? Yeah, early on. And again, at, at this, and this is what's kind of frustrating about him as a fan is that later on in the games, he does start making those throws. Like you think about that deep throw to Jeremiah Franklin down the yep. seam. Um, 
there was a throw over the middle to Lewis Bond, which was actually tipped and Bond did a good job catching it. But, you know, you see him a lot of times later in these games, he is making these throws. And you're like, hey, like you always want you. Again, I've always, I always say development and progress is not linear, but, you know, you keep seeing this within a game where he's like, hey, he's getting more comfortable in the offense. Maybe he'll take a step next game and it keeps not happening. Maybe this yep. will finally be the week. He's back at home. It's been a long week. They've had the extra day to prepare. So, you know, maybe, maybe he can figure that out this week. So let's get into our prediction time. This is our chance to give our our thoughts on the matchup, uh, what we think the score is going to be, and any last thoughts that we have outstanding about the BC Virginia Tech game. I think you went first last time, so I'm going to jump in and go first here. I I have concerns about both teams' offenses going into this game, uh, in terms of I, the explosiveness. BC, as we've seen, has been has really had struggles finishing off drives. Um, or sustaining drives, uh, you know, they did have long drives, but not enough to, to get points. Virginia Tech, they haven't done really much in terms of uh, scoring either when they're not playing teams that are, are bad. Um, I think BC will be able to, I think they're going to get their 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 groove again. I, I expect Kai Robichaud to play a little bit. Same thing with Alex Broom. So that'll allow them to to, you know, control the clock, keep drones out of getting in any sort of rhythm. And I think they'll be able, you know, maybe Tootin gets a, 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 you know, he'll have a game kind of like what we saw last week, hopefully not as many yards, uh, where he gets a couple explosives. But BC, most part, will be able to hold that together. I'm looking at this defense, and I, I'm, I get more impressed with what they do in terms of this overall scheme and, and play day by day. I mean, we could, we should honestly have a whole podcast, and we, me and you have talked about it, just dedicated to Elijah Jones and how mm-hmm. good he has become. Um, you're throwing him out there this year compared to what he was last year. And he's, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the ACC, one of the top cornerbacks in the country playing right now. So he's a, a huge asset for what you're doing. Um, and against a quarterback like drones who um, has had his moments, but also can make some mistakes. This is a perfect opportunity for him to shift the, the course of this. I think it's gonna be another ugly game for BC. I think they're going to win their sixth in a row. I think I'm going to pick BC to win 21, 17. Okay, I'm pretty close on that. So the thing that I've been I was most surprised by with when previewing this game was the drastic difference between how Virginia Tech plays at home versus how they play in the road. So, and we'll say this: two of their road games have been at Florida State and at Louisville, who are very good teams. But we'll I'll just here's here's what they are. So at home, Virginia Tech is four and one. They average thirty one point eight points per game on offense and seventeen, and they allow seventeen points per game on defense. They are plus three in the turnover margin at home away. They are 0 and four. They average 13.3 points per game on offense and allow 33 points on defense. They are minus three in the turnover margin on the road. And I think this affects thing. I think this is, a, is shown in both the offense, and the defense, um, the defense just does not have the same energy when they are on the road. And I think that's a credit to lane stadium, but it's also, you know, shown to be a problem. And a lot, and even going back to last year, like you mentioned, Brent Pry hasn't won a road ACC game yet. Last year, Virginia tech was really bad this year. I would say they've definitely gotten a lot better, but still it's clear that something is just does not click when they are on the road Um, with the offense, you know, and part of it was with both the Louisville and the Florida state game is the opponent just got out to a really hot start. So they had to start throwing from the beginning. Um, But still like that home away split, just that, that just really yells, he's screaming at me like, you have to pick BC in this game. And, you know, I think, again, like, like you said, BC defense is playing super well right now. I think BC is going to be able to minimize or neutralize Virginia Tech's best attribute on defense, which is their defensive line. And I'm going to pick BC to win, I think I said 24 to 20. Uh, and I, I think that I could see that, the, the, like, Virginia Tech maybe kind of scoring late 
again, and then BC just being able to grind out the clock uh, and kind of just grind out the end of the game. So, uh, and the line movement has been interesting for this game because BC, like I think they opened as a one and a half or two point favorite. And now it's completely flipped. And from what I understand, a tout service, which is one of those expert pickers that like sells their picks for a subscriber fee picked Virginia tech. So that's why the line completely flipped to Virginia tech one and a half now. But I think, th- I think definitely the smart money is on BC because of just how poorly Virginia tech plays on the road. All right. In our final segment, Mitch and I are going to go over our other betting picks. If you're out there, you're using FanDuel and you're thinking about picks to make this weekend. I will give you my picks and hopefully do better than I do seemingly every week on this show. <laughs> we'll get back to that in just a moment. Now, folks, we spend a lot of time together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have, and today I want to chat a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply of, of antibiotics on Jace. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics. Uh or any of your other prescriptions. And this is possible because our friends at Jace Medical go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12 month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code locked on at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for the service supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kits. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get, get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. This is locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ black, and I'm joined today by Mitchell Wolf and Mitch. How did I do last week? Uh, Mitch, you there? Sorry. I muted myself. Are you sure you want to know? uh i guess <laughs> you went you went a one two and one another tie uh you got mississippi minus three um, yeah so your record stands at 10 23 and three this uh, is why i host a podcast and i'm not running a betting website yeah and uh i went four and oh last week so i'm up to 18 and 18 back at 500 um so i'll start uh i'm gonna start with with a uh, missouri plus one and a half against tennessee i just do not understand why Tennessee is still ranked. They are not good. I am not impressed by that team. I have heard that there are some injuries from Missouri uh, that could be that. So that, that worries me a little bit, but I mean, I just don't see how Tennessee is going to be able to keep pace. You know, they're Joe Milton is not a very good quarterback. Um, Tennessee did, did have the luck of playing UConn last week. So from my understanding, they rested a bunch of their starters because they knew they didn't need them and they still beat UConn by 50 plus. Um, but I'm taking Missouri this week. because I think Missouri is just a better team top to bottom. And I think that, I think, it's a home game for Missouri. So, you know, it's not like Tennessee even gets the advantage of Neyland stadium. So take a Missouri plus one and a half. And here I go with my first stupid pick of the week. Um, I'm going to go to the ACC and knowing what I know about this rivalry, I don't know why I'm making this pick, but I'm going to do it because I'm dumb. And this is not why I make my picks. So I'm going to take my, not Miami. I'm going to take Florida state at minus 14. And I know there is a huge history of both of these teams battling. And I know that every time one team is better than the other, the other team seems to come back and make it close. I just look at the bat, the, the matchup between these two teams, where they need to be. You have my, you have Florida, right? At Florida state right now, that's a borderline, you know, they're on the precipice of making a, a, a 
uh, playoff spot and winning the ACC. You have Miami who put up six points last week against NC state. Tyler Van Dyke is, you know, playing on one leg and I, I don't know. It's at, it's at Florida state. I feel like, I feel like this could be a blowout game. I don't know why. And I'm, I, I know I'm being dumb. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you minus 13 and a half. So hopefully that will prevent you from at least getting another tie. Um, Man, I mean, I, I would agree with this one. The, the only concern I have is there are some rumblings about Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. Um, I know they've been banged up for a little bit of the season, but yeah, I mean, this is kind of the story with Miami every year. You know, they're just they're just falling apart. You know, Tyler Van Dyke, even if he is able to play like he is not playing well, uh, the quarterback situation is very weird for them. It's a road game, obviously. Um, and also, like at the end of the, like, even if this game is close, I just trust Mike Norvell infinitely more than I more than I would Mario Cristobal in like a game deciding situation. So I don't mind that pick. Um, <clears throat> my next pick, uh, I've got a lot on the board here. Um, a lot of picks I like, but I, I have heard some people say, "Oh, let's pick more ACC games." Um, so if I lose this pick, it's your fault. Um, so I'm going to pick. An, I'm going to stay in the ACC. I'm going to go with Pitt, Syracuse under thirty seven and a half. And, you know, we've seen, we saw Cuse last week with Carlos W. Wilson. We don't know if the character trader is going to be back this week. If he is, maybe they'll score a few more points. If they're not, I do not know what they're going to, I mean, Carlos Del Rio Wilson was awful against BC and he is banged up because he, he was injured in that game as well. So, you know, if they have to go to a third string quarterback, it's going to be really bad. Uh, and also Pitt is just not very good period. So this game is also being played at Yankee stadium. It's November. It's going to be cold. The turf is going to be terrible. So I just don't think the offense are going to score any points in this game. So Pitt, Syracuse under 37 and a half. All right. So folks are calling us out on not picking ACC games. I'll, I'll, I'll make an adjustment. I'll make another pick from the ACC. I'm going to go and take Wake Forest at plus two against NC State. Now, NC State just redshirted MJ Morris, and they're going to bring Brandon Armstrong back. Now, all the buzz is that the team is behind him, that they're feeling good and everything like that. He's stunk when he was starting for, for the Wolfpack. Um, I know Wake Forest is not that great of a team either, but it's at home. I could see, you know, it's at two at minus two, I could see Wake Forest winning by like a field goal or something. So I'm going to take the demon Deacons at home at minus at plus two. I've got it at plus two and a half. So you're getting another half point to help you out there. So okay, <laughs> yeah. Sweet. All right. Um, AJ, have I, have I missed something with my picks yet? Uh, did you get, did you do all three? No, no, uh, no. Okay. Oh, right. That's right. Iowa Rutgers under 28 and a half. <laughs> you got it. You got to do it. I mean, I think, you know, this, this line has stayed low. Unlike the last one, the uh, last week, Iowa Northwestern got bet up. It was still 10 to seven. It was never even close. I think it was zero, zero at halftime. Um, neither of these teams wants to score offense. I think both of them are, could literally be allergic to scoring points. So, um, you know, 20 and a half. I know it's like the historically low total, but I mean, again, just neither of these teams wants it's yep. Still 28 and a half. So yeah, I mean, you've got to take the under at least just for the fun of it for Iowa Rutgers. Okay. And then my final pick, I'm going to go back to the sec. I'm going to go with an sec pick and I am going to take Georgia at minus 10 and a half against mm. Ole Miss. Um, I, every time I doubt the, the Bulldogs, they somehow come back and, you know, they, they thrashed Missouri pretty well, pretty thoroughly thrashed Missouri last week. Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Ole Miss. I think they're not a really tough team and that's what Georgia's built as. Um, so I could see, I'm going to say the Bulldogs win by like two touchdowns. I think this is definitely the safe bet. Um, you know, this, this Georgia team is not 
the Georgia team with the last two years. Um, I would say on both sides of the ball, especially with Brock Bowers out, but I just don't really, you really just can't trust Ole Miss. You know, that the offense is somewhat fluky. I hear that. I think I heard that they're going to be missing one of their starting tackles for this game. And, you know, Georgia has had, you know, last week they kind of get the, the first big game of their season against Missouri. So then they kind of get tuned up for that. And now they're facing another good opponent. And I think, do you know where this game is at? Is this in Georgia? It's at, it's at Georgia. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Then absolutely. That's a great pick then. <laughs> All right. And I, I did preview this with you beforehand, but I just thought of something that was sort of BC related, but any, la- I'm going to give you my last thought of anything going on in college football. And I want to shout out Frank Spaziani, who's new Mexico state. What are they? The lo- not Is the he local. still there? I believe he's still the defensive coordinator. I don't think they fired him. I think Jerry Kill kept him. Oh, my God. He is still there. How about that? And they're going to their conference championship. Uh, oh, wait, no. Is... It says he says he left in 2021. <laughs> oh, there we go. I, I just was just looking at that. Okay. Never mind. The best part uh, is that his his uh, Twitter handle, which I'm sure he hasn't tweeted from in years, is still at BC Coach Spaz. Is it really? <laughs> or maybe this is a fake account. I'm, I'm looking at it now. No, this is definitely a fake account. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Uh, oh no, that's his. That's his real one. It is. Okay. Yeah. It just he only fake. tweeted. He tweeted once, and that was it. Oh my god. So I have no thoughts. I was thinking about uh, praising how New Mexico State, but they got rid of him. So uh, no, never mind there. Um, but my last thought is uh, watch the game this weekend, and we'll talk about it on uh, Sunday. Yeah, I'm very excited for this game. I think this is kind of. I. Th- I think this. At this point, I think this is actually BC's toughest test of the remaining three games in yeah. terms of based on like how I think, how, what I think about Pitt and the direction which Miami is going. And, you know, Miami's got, I think so they got, like you said, they got Florida State this weekend. They have Louisville next weekend. And then they have to come up to, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if the, where the Louisville game is. It might be back in Miami, but still. Then they have to come up to Boston at the end of November in a game that it's like, hey, do you want to go to this crappy bowl or this slightly less crappy bowl? And I just think with all the injuries they've had and, how they're playing. I just don't, they're going to give a crap. Yep. So this is a big one. Hopefully you guys, uh, that this is going to go in, in favor of the Eagles and we'll be back on Sunday to review it. To, I mean, actually we'll be back Saturday afternoon to review it, talk all about what happened, give you our reactions and everything in between. So make sure you follow us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, like this pot, like this on YouTube. If you're listening right now, it does help other people find us. And again, become an Eagle insider right now. Uh, special deal if you go onto the website. Uh, we have a ton of information up there. Mitch, where can people find your work and talk about what you've been writing about? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W O L F E, on Twitter. Uh, I post about stuff there. Uh, and then obviously on Eagle Insider, uh, we have our weekly, re- uh, sorry, uh, weekly film rewatches and then matchup reports, which, which I go over the opposing team, kind of go through all their stats and uh, after watching their games, what they look like, what they do on both sides of the ball. And then, uh, as the season winds down to a close, we're going to have some other kind of uh, one-off pieces. Um, we mentioned Elijah Jones earlier. I think we're going to have something on him as the season gets comes to a close. And obviously, you know, BC's bowl eligible, and now they're just fighting to see how good of a bowl they can get and uh, we'll have a lot of fun bowl projections. And then we'll be spending the whole month of December previewing that game, which will be really exciting. Yeah. And I will – I have stuff up there right now. I'm going to have the visitors list. I'm going to tell you guys right now it's kind of slim. But I also have a feature up about BC offering five kids from Tabor Academy in Massachusetts. I talked to their coach. I talked to all the kids. Um, and I, you get to find – get some really good details on how 
uh, the, the current staff is connecting with local recruits? Cause I think a lot of you have been asking like, what's, how do they, how's BC coming across to, to kids from Massachusetts? I talked to five of them that just got offers and their head coach. So check that all out. You can get a special deal. If you have not become a VIP member right now, head on over. I hope you guys see, uh, see you there. So thank you all for listening. We had five episodes this week. Make sure you go back, listen to them all. If you've missed any, and thank you for making us the number one BC podcast out there. This is locked on BC, your team every day.